Blondes with glasses, they can't sing. Blondes with glasses, let's do this podcast thing. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Becca. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, we were supposed to do this yesterday. Yes. But... Who were you meeting? Like, what what was going on that you... So, like, Shannon texts me, like, I text her when I'm about ready to record, and she's like, I'm still at lunch and I'm drunk. (laughs) Yeah. So So, I need to know what is going on and what you were meeting about. Yeah, my, uh, so my lunch meeting was with my old boss from the National Theater when I volunteered there a couple Uh times at the archives, and he is Irish, so every once in a while he's over here. And I'm trying to get him to hook me up for a work placement later in the year. So mm-hmm. we've been emailing and stuff. And he was like, oh, if you're free, uh, we should do lunch. And I was like, perfect, because we had a teacher strike yesterday. So I didn't have anything right. to do during lunch. So I was like, I'll go to lunch. So we went to lunch and I had a drink. And then afterwards, he was like, let's go to the pub. Because <laughs> I never feel like I'm home until I go to the pub. And I was like, that's fair. I'll go to the pub. And then I went to the pub and I had three drinks. Oh, my God. <laughs> And so our lunch meeting went on for five hours, and that is why I was tardy to the party. <laughs> <with you. laughs> oh boy! Yeah. So I apologize yeah. for that, but yeah, I I could tell you were drunk because you texted with hashtags, and <laughs> I rolled my eyes so hard it like hurt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know I I could tell immediately, even through like my hazy stupor, that you were really upset that I did that. <laughs> It took like you one second to text back saying, uh, we're not allowed to text hashtags. <laughs> Especially since some of them didn't make sense until like I had to, I had to literally like look up the news later. Cause I think you said hashtag Abby Barbie. Yes. And I later found out that Abby Wombat got a Barbie. Yes. But like, I was like, Abby could be just the new name of Barbie. Like that, who, that could be anyone. Like Abby uh, Wombat is not an... She's not a one name star. I'm sorry. She's I'm not sorry. Marta. Well, see, I was on Twitter and I saw it and I was like, Becca's gonna lose her shit. And then I texted that to you thinking, of course, Becca knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you clearly didn't. I'm sorry. No. But, Boy, um, oh my God. It was so crazy last night. Like, breaking news at like 9 p.m. was that the U.S. Soccer Federation was suing the Players Union. Yeah, I saw that all over Twitter. But I didn't really understand. I didn't see anything it's that so confusing. what was happening. Yeah, And, like, I couldn't figure out why... I couldn't figure out if the Players Association covers both the men's and the women's national team. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out why their representative was a man. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, because it seemed like he was initiating all this stuff of, like, just deciding out of the blue, like, that their memorandum of understanding didn't qualify as like valid and so now they had to go to court over it and it just seems like he got a little like, overexcited like he just took the reins like a couple months ago oh. and so okay well is. keep us updated if anything comes yeah. out because I literally don't understand but <laughs> yeah because it's because they're literally qualifying for the Olympics in a week right they have other things to be thinking about yeah like this just seems crazy yeah. and like, it just could cost money for no reason at all. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, yeah, they should have, like, they don't have a contract in place right now. They just have, like, this, like, the contract expired in 2012. <laughs> and then they have, like, this memorandum of understanding that goes through 2016. Ooh. But I guess what he's saying is that that is not valid and that they should, like, I don't know, like, they were negotiating and I guess it just escalated. I don't know what happened, but... Mm-hmm. They should have a con- like a real contract in place, not yeah. just like a. They're professional players. They should have yeah. contracts. <laughs> and and things have changed a lot since 2012. Like the NWSL didn't exist in 2012. Oh really? Wow. So yeah. So like, and their the players' relationship to that league is you know changed over the years, and so it's just yeah, they mm-hmm. they need a they need a new contract, but so close. So, like, this big, they're having, like, a Four Nations tournament next month. They're having Olympic qualifying this month. Like, a lot of shit is happening. So, I guess he's just using that as leverage. Yikes. Yeah. Well, Well, keep us updated on that. But um, I do have to say that my drunken lunch yesterday did actually relate to the topic today. Like, it was actually worth it. because, Because during our very long discussion, we talked about 
filming theater for television because mm-hmm. that's what he did at the archives. You know, the National Theater is really good about filming theater and stuff. And I and so I brought it up. I was like, oh, you know, they just did Grease in the U.S. and they make it only for TV. So we had been requested to do Grease from one of our new listeners, Anna. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds good because we've seen you've seen all of them. Right, you saw... Did you watch The Wiz? The Wiz is the only one I've seen. That's the only one you saw? You didn't watch yeah. Peter Pan? No. I definitely, like, live texted you that last year, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Okay. So and, you... like, I I almost wanted to see Sound of Music, but the idea of Carrie Underwood instead of Julie Andrews... Mm-hmm. I c- it's like I couldn't handle it mentally. She was fine, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm she sure was she was fine, but, like... Julie Andrews. Like, I don't know. In my <laughs> mind, Julie Andrews is, like, one of the only celebrities that I would just start crying if I met. Yes. Yes. So, like, the idea of, of watching someone else mm. play that part and sing that those songs is so I'm heartbreaking. S- I have to butt in here for a second. I have a completely unrelated thing, but for <laughs> okay. some reason, talking about Julie Andrews just reminded me. <laughs> Did you hear today that Channing Tatum auditioned to be in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? <laughs> And apparently it was the worst audition ever, and he did not get the role. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm the parallel to... universe? <laughs> I'm just trying have... to bridge the gap between Julie Andrews and Channing Tatum and Fast and Furious, and I can't find it. I can't. The train is derailed. <laughs> I don't know, but it just it just flew into my mind for a That's second. Amazing. And I was like, I gotta tell Becca. <laughs> Wait, was he gonna? Who was was he gonna play that guy with the horrible southern accent? I did not click on the article because I don't want to know the truth. Because that guy crushed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be that guy so badly. I don't want to know if it's not. But there were no other like white, white bros roles. in that. Yeah, yeah. So it must have been for the lead role. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, back to theater. <laughs> Sorry. We had this perfect in into our topic. Yep. And then you were like, ruined it. crazy news. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, we'll always love a good Fast and Furious aside. That's what I figured. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you you basically love Fast and Furious. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, it's not such an integral part do. of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway. So you you saw the Wiz and I saw the Wiz and that was it. What what were your feelings about the Wiz? How, tell me all about it. I enjoyed it, but we did talk about this to each other about how it, there was no live audience yeah. for the Wiz, which was my so, the only thing I had a problem with. It was a live television event, and yet it still felt like oh they're just on a soundstage, mm-hmm. you know, talking to each other, and mm-hmm. like when there's a joke, no one laughs, <laughs> you yeah. know, but it also still feels like there was a beat. After each joke, like, for a laugh. Yes. And then no one would laugh. And that's, But the same thing happened with Grease. Even though there was sort of a live audience, that was the weird bit. That Where really it did me, feel yeah. like a really, like, cool, big live event. It mm-hmm. did feel like a really cool, big production with audience woven in and cheering during certain songs. But then when it came to, like, dialogue and laughing at jokes and stuff, that was non-existent. Yeah, which is, I think, the number one... Like, you definitely need it during the musical numbers and after the numbers to, to show, like, oh my god, they just did a great job. But you yeah. need the laughing at the dialogue. Because yeah. it feels so weird. It feels like you're just... like Especially when they were in the the halls of the high school. Yeah. It felt like I was watching an episode of Boy Meets World, <laughs> but there was no laugh track. There was yeah. no laugh... It felt so weird because, like... It, it looked the same. It felt, had the same sort of cadence and everything, but there was this huge chunk missing. And mm-hmm. I was like, I thought we already went over this with the Wiz, which is, you need the audience. Always. Yeah, and it's like they sort of had the audience. Like, you would yeah. see them on the outside. Like, mm-hmm. they, they had an audience. And then when they were cheering during the songs, you're like, okay, so the outside audience is watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they are making sounds that we can hear. Mm. But when it comes to, yes, it was just, it was a weird disconnect. But all in all, I thought as a live event, they really made an effort versus like the whiz with Mm -hmm. Greece. They really made an effort to be like, this is a live 
event and it is huge and we're only going to do it once and it's like this massive production and also they referenced it like three times in the dialogue <laughs> about how dumb live tv was or how risky it was or how silly it sounds yeah yeah <laughs> they made all these like weird meta jokes about it, it just, i mean i think that's in the original script though like the only musical they could have picked that might have been even more on the nose about it was either would either be hairspray or Bye Bye Birdie. Because both of... There's so many musicals that have the plot where it's like, we're going to be filmed by, like, Dick Van Dyke or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not Dick Van Dyke. The guy from Philadelphia. <laughs> so what was it called? Oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah. So it's... Uh, it was a little weird, but I... I overall... I thought it was good. I was slightly tipsy when I was watching it, to be fair. <laughs> but no matter what, I was going to like it. Like, I... I think Carly Rae Jepsen was great. I loved Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, I was very like, surprised. Why is she not acting in more things? Like, can she please star in a musical? I would watch that in a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would too. She Like, she was like, fantastic. She really reminded me of, like, a Disney Channel original movie star. Like, somebody that you yeah. could see in a whole <laughs> bunch of different things. Like, the girl that was in Quince, who was also yeah. in everything else, you know? Like, Kimberly she's one Brown. of those... Yeah, she's one of those girls. Like, she could be in anything, and you'd be like, yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen's here. (laughs) You're you're in safe hands. And then that guy in the T-Birds or whatever with the glasses. Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Whatever his name is, his voice was amazing. Was amazing. I loved his voice. I do have to say, I really was iffy on that song as Those Magic Changes, which is one of my favorite songs from the cast album where um, there was a revival on Broadway with Megan Mullally in it and everything. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a great cast album. And that song on that cast album is unbelievable. And I was so excited when that song came around because I was like, this is going to be it. This is it. And the fact that they kept splitting it up with like dialogue in between the verses and everything, I was like, why, 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 why? Because it, <laughs> it, it, it like, it's a progressive song. Like the whole thing is the background singers are singing the pattern of like the chords that he's playing. And like, it all builds to this great crescendo and stuff. And the fact that they kept interrupting it, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if that is how it usually is, but, mm-hmm. but the, the fact that they were doing that, I kept, I was like, no, you're ruined again. <laughs> the only thing that saved it was that heavenly voice. <laughs> yeah. His voice is his- amazing. Now, oh, see, so going into this, my relationship with Grease is, I think I saw it once, maybe twice when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Didn't get that excited about it. Hated the ending, how she oh, hate the ending. <laughs> dresses up like a crazy person and then it's o- over. Yeah. And I was on pins and needles waiting in the first, like, half hour for them to sing that song, Summer Lovin'. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for them to have changed that one line. Because yep. clearly they changed other lines in the musical mm-hmm. to, like, make self-referential jokes and everything. So, like, they were, they should have changed that, did she put up a fight line. Yeah, that was. Like, there I... were plenty of questionable lines and, honestly, storylines. Like, <laughs> it's a very sexual show. It is a like, really adult Like, it's almost entirely show. about sex and the mm-hmm. dance moves almost entirely consist of pelvic thrusts <laughs> like <laughs> extreme pelvic thrusts with like the intention of being like this is sex <laughs> is what i'm <laughs> what i'm mi- mimicking but like as soon as they didn't change that line i was like okay i care a little bit less about this mm. like it could have been a big deal if they were like you know what we're doing this in 2016 we're not gonna have the line did she put up a fight yeah i had a very interesting debate with myself while watching it while drunkenly watching it, <laughs> a drunken debate with myself because that line rolled around and I was like, Ooh, they should have changed that. And then I sat there and I was like, what about, okay, so this is going to go off on a tangent for a second, <laughs> okay. but stay with me now for a second. So, so Looney Tunes <laughs> okay. used to be very, very racist. A lot of the times, like there are a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons that are, if you saw them on television now, you'd be like, You know, people are getting fired. They are not allowed to be on TV anymore. And they still sell those very horrible Looney Tunes in box sets. But instead of editing them or omitting them like Disney does, because Disney has the same problem, 
in front of those cartoons, they have title cards that say, we, we believe that we should portray history accurately in the fact that we, at one point in our career, WB or whoever, we produce these cartoons. We can't pretend it didn't happen. Okay. And so they're not, they're not trying to cover up the fact that, like, you know, there's these racist undertones and everything, or overtones sometimes. Like, they are out there saying, like, this happened, you know, we've moved on, we're now living in a different time, but this is what that time used to look like. And so then I was thinking, is Greece, does Greece now fall in the same sort of category, which is if no. you omit stuff <laughs> like that, are you pretending it didn't exist? No, because it's not like they were showing Greece on TV and they edited the line from the original movie. They redid Greece mm-hmm. for 2016. They there were not in the in the original there weren't black uh pink ladies, True. you know. The coach wasn't black. Like there weren't people of color in the original movie. And <laughs> they changed yeah. that, you know. They they like they <laughs> they updated it. Yeah. They updated the dancing, like, they, they made this whole big brand new production, and they moved it into this century except for that one line, and, you know, maybe a couple other lines, but, like, that one in particular always gets my goat, and it just, it doesn't, unless it's called out, like, they have, like, with Looney Tunes, where they had the, the title card, you know, mm-hmm. saying, you know, bear in mind, this is our, this is an artifact of the past, no one pointed out that line is an artifact of the past. They just yeah. kept it and they just brought it into the present and said, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. fine. Cause you, cause everyone knows that line. So we got to keep it in. It is but wouldn't it be so amazing if they made the statement of saying, everybody knows that line and they'll notice when it's gone and they're going to notice like that makes a lot of sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting too, because there is a double standard at work here, which is they did change the line about chicks will cream in grease lightning. Which is, if you think about it, that's a line about women's pleasure. Uh-huh. And this line they did not change is a line about women getting raped. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, double standard yet again. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I I think I've only seen Grease the movie once. Yeah. Because we... I think so, too. We texted about this. We're going to talk about the end. Like, we, I think we both have come to the conclusion that this was a very successful production and they should do more of them and it's mm-hmm. great and all that. But I think we should talk about Greece in general. Yeah. <laughs> I like, don't... what is this movie about what exactly? What is the ending of like, this movie? Who are these characters and do we even like them? No. <laughs> like, no. Like, because I... most of them I was like, ugh. I don't like you. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't like you as people. And then at the end, when they're all paired off together, and I'm like, what? Kiki Palmer can do so much better than that, that guy. <laughs> like, the only thing that changed was that he said something in a better tone of voice than mm-hmm. he had previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just... But it... Yeah, it is an interesting movie in the sense that it's, like, pointing out to everyone, they're like, everyone has this idea of the 50s as this, like repressed genteel mm. best of us time and it was just like every other every other young generation is they were a bunch of rebels assholes and sexually obsessed with yeah with everything and so i guess that was sort of interesting the idea of that of like being like yeah everyone every teenager was obsessed with sex and like some of there were some consequences like she had her pregnancy scare or mm-hmm. whatever Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just such an odd... Like, I wonder who... I, I, I should do some more research on Greece because, like, I just feel like it, it was written in a drug-induced haze of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't really make any sense as, like, mm-hmm. a moral story. And it's so popular. And I was thinking about, like, how many high schools do Greece? as their musical production every year. Like, right. a ton. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it at a high school before. Like, it's not great. Yeah. Like, there are so many better musicals. And then I was thinking, I was like, so this was Fox's first attempt at a live musical in this right. new resurgence that they're doing. And the next one that Fox is going to do is Rocky Horror. Oh. Wow. Which is, like, again, like, sexualized, <laughs> weird. And I looked up the cast for it, and 
everybody that they cast, not everybody, a lot of the people that they cast are really young. Like, because mm. it's, it's about the young married couple that go into Frankenfurter's castle right. or whatever. And Frankenfurter is going to be played by Laverne Cox, which I think is great. That's She's cool. going to be fantastic. I don't know about her singing voice, but that's not a huge singing role anyway. Um, but the girl playing Janet is Victoria Justice from the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. From Nickelodeon. Or, yeah, Nickelodeon. And I, she just looks like she's, you know, 17, maybe? I don't know. I want to say she's closer to our age. I want to say she's, like, 22 or something. God, really? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, okay, I guess she could be married, but <laughs> it just seemed like... <laughs> yeah, that is pretty so young. odd, because Rocky Horror, originally, like, they were... They were in their late 20s, I think, right? Uh, Susan Sarandon, and it was just... I have no idea. An odd... That was Susan Sarandon, right? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm having a crisis yeah. of faith. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never seen that movie. <gasps> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, if you go see it at a viewing, you get to have a little red lipstick V on your forehead for a virgin. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I saw it. First time. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would recommend it. It's actually a good musical. Yeah, I've seen a million, like, I saw, like, yeah. the Glee version. And oh, then God. I Comedy Bang Bang did a version of it, of it that oh. was pretty funny. And, like, at this point, like, if I see a spoof of it, I know what they're spoofing, mm-hmm. but I've never actually seen the original. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll get to see it next year on Fox. Mm-hmm. Advertisement yeah. for Fox right there. Um, Can we talk about... Sandy and whatever his name is, Danny. Danny, yeah. Their relationship. And sure. like, what do they have in common? How it's just <laughs> like the beginning of High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it is. Because they meet each other over the summer. And then they're going to go back to their separate schools. And then they see each other at school. And that moment when they see each other in the hallway is like, I had a flashback to High School Musical, <laughs> and it's because Vanessa Hudgens was in it. <laughs> right. And I was already in that sort of mode of thinking, and I was just like, I wish I was watching High School Musical right now. Yeah, I'm assuming when they came up with High School Musical and called it something that generic, they were like, mm. okay, let's look at all the other musicals that took place in high school and just oh make God. an amalgamation of that. I never thought of that. You're so right. <laughs> I mean, because why not call it something more specific to the story? Instead, they're like, it's a high school musical. You know what oh, we're talking about. Like God. every high school musical. <laughs> like you're Grease. So right. <laughs> like oh, Footloose, so... you know? <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, their relationship is, I don't know. She could do better. He could do better. <laughs> now, have you seen Grease 2? No. Okay, now I've heard that that is a better movie in Greece 1, and it features an Australian person. Uh, did you hear this from Throwing Shade? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I listened to Throwing Shade today for the first Me time too. in about a year. What? <laughs> I haven't been listening to Throwing Shade at all, and today I was like, oh, they're talking about Greece. I'll out. listen to it. And yeah, and they, and they, they that, both talked about it because they both hadn't seen it. <laughs> I don't believe them when they say that Greece 2 is better. I've heard that from other people, though. Really? Yeah. God. It just sounds like insane. Like I'm I'm picturing Sharknado too in my head for some reason. <laughs> but apparently the Godfather two is better than Godfather One. Oh that's true. Yeah. I mean so. Shrek Shrek two is better than Shrek one, I think. Sure. I also like Lion Shrek two is bit. where they go to the that place is like a parody of Disney. Yeah. Okay. Hollywood. Yeah. It's like Hollywood but they're... Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Disneyland. Yes. No, that's the first one. They go there on the, at the first one? Yeah, with Farquaad and... Wow, yeah, okay, first one's pretty good. First one is really good. <laughs> <laughs> How many Shrek movies are there? No, there are, okay, there let's are focus. Like, no, 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 we're not going to focus. There are like five. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and I definitely stopped watching after like three, but it's possible I saw four. Justin Timberlake is in one. I couldn't I couldn't tell you what the storylines. Like, the first one, he rescues... I love that we're getting into this. <laughs> the first one, he rescues the princess. Yeah. And they fall in love. And they get married. And they get married. Then yeah. the second one, 
Puss in Boots is in the second one. Right? Puss in Boots. Is this the one where Prince Charming and his mom are like the bad people? Yes, I believe so. Okay, and then they get a little Bichon Frise and it's really cute at one point. I don't know why I remember that. They go through a drive-thru at one point. Anyway, yes, but- I remember that. <laughs> okay, All right, then the, the third, third one, they have children. When his new father-in-law, King Harold, falls ill, Shrek is looked at as the heir to the land of far, far away. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then what is the point? Not one one? to give up on his beloved swamp, Shrek recruits his friends Donkey and Puss in Boots to install the rebellious Artie as the new king. What? I don't... Okay, then Prince, Prince Charming is jilted. And then Shrek Forever After is the fourth one. Oh, Shrek Forever After. Oh, genius. That's cute. I like that. Rumpelstiltskin. Never saw that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. A midlife crisis burdened Shrek into allowing himself to be erased from existence. Oh, I, my, I think I saw that one. And then there is, of course, the Puss in Boots movie. Right. Spinoff. Did not see that. No. Are there two of them? No. No, there's just the one. So there's five if you include the spinoff. Wow. That's so many. That's way too many. (laughs) I mean, I just remember the music. Like, there are certain songs that if I hear them, all I can think of is Shrek. Because that was where I first heard them as a child. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jeff Buckley. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's a Smash Mouth one. Changes. Smash Mouth. Um, What's that one where it's like accidentally in love or something yes that one <laughs> uh, i need a hero that was the first time i'd really heard that song oh, that was a good one. Oh, and okay. then i tried i tried to download i was like i like that song i need a hero let me let me find it and i found the original version i was like this does not have the same kind of pop to it and so then i just downloaded <laughs> the shrek version because that was amazing <laughs> uh that is the way to do it i think yeah. Um, circling back to musicals that <laughs> you mean are the recorded. topic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know they recorded Shrek, the Broadway musical, and it was on Netflix for a while. Oh, and I did not know that. They filmed it when it was on stage, so it's a little different than, you know, Grease and The Wiz and everything. Yeah. But that was a surprisingly good musical, I have to say. Like, I went into thinking that, watching that on Netflix, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they, they're making this, like, mm-hmm. I can't believe they filmed it, all this stuff. And then I sat down and I watched it, and I was so impressed and happy, and like... That is the whole point, I think, of filming these musicals, is that you can you can think all you want, like, you can say, like, oh, God, like, this year, they're doing Spongebob the musical on Broadway. And wow. I have the same thought process, which is, why? No. Yeah. Please no. <laughs> Are they going to sing the Krusty Krab Pizza song? Oh, God, I hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually, or, like, did you see the Spongebob movie? The one that just came out? No, the first one. Yes, I did. Okay, because the musical numbers in that movie are amazing. Yes! Like, I totally are. stand by all that. Yeah, and F is for friends who do stuff together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really great <laughs> musical sensibility in Spongebob, now that I'm thinking about it. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be very interested in that musical. <laughs> See, but at first you're like, no, why? Why would you do that? Right, I, like I, Legally I, Blonde the musical, you're like, oh, why? Legally Blonde the musical is so good, though. Oh, right, God, like, I, I guess... They feel who cares too. what like oh. who cares what the what the uh, source material is if you can do something interesting with it exactly know? which is actually the moral of the story with Hamilton too like who wants mm-hmm. to go see a musical about the founding fathers they already did right. that it's called 1776 and mm-hmm. then you're like oh wait no this one's different and like yeah th- that happens with this is the other problem I have which is <laughs> so so Disney the corporation has done musicals on Broadway for many years and I wrote a paper in college basically arguing that the reason Broadway survived was thanks in part to Disney coming to Ooh, Broadway. interesting. It is interesting. So so they started with um, Beauty and the Beast which was super successful. Lion King mm-hmm. is still running very successful. All this stuff. Yeah. The Little Mermaid not so successful. Tarzan sort of a flop. Mary Poppins successful. And the next one they were going to do 
And they they're also doing did, Aladdin, right? They did Aladdin, which is still running very successful, and Newsies. Because that was on The Bachelorette, so that's how I know that. Oh my god. <laughs> did they star in it? <laughs> they had a bit role where they didn't say anything, I don't think. Perfect. But they that's had a day, day long, because it was a group date, it was like a day long audition process for oh, oh, basically a walk on role. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who got it was just the guy who happened to look like a Disney prince, and he was, of course, terrible. Oh. But, yeah. um, so the next one they were gonna do was The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I Ooh. have been so excited to see in stage format for so long because it is the longest running musical in Germany, and it's mm. very it's not for kids. It's like very much more close to the source material of the book, but it still has all of the music. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect for our age group because we appreciated the songs growing up. So we know the songs, we love the songs, but we are now adults. So maybe we don't want to see talking gargoyles. What am I saying? Mm-hmm. I want to see talking gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it was, it did out of town tryouts at the paper mill playhouse and then it didn't go to Broadway. So mm-hmm. there's no recording. Like they made a cast album, which is great, which is now on iTunes, but they didn't record it for any, you know, television or anything. So we won't get to see it unless it starts to go on a national tour. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was talking to my lunchmate yesterday about is national tours in the U.S. are a joke compared to national tours here or in the U.K. Because national tours in the U.K. actually are fantastic because they stop everywhere. They stop at every major town or city, mm-hmm. you know. You can go, you can drive less than 30 minutes and see anything that's on tour. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's done well and it's done right. But if you're in the U.S. and you're not living within an hour's drive of a major city, yeah, you're screwed. You're never going to see anything. Right. Which is so unfortunate. And I, it keeps bringing me back to I this. mean, it's mostly because our country is like five times bigger. <laughs> no, it is. But, you know. But there's also... A huge market for like so the UK has the touring companies that do so well but they also are really great and number one at National Theatre Lives like recording on the stage and transmitting them all over the country too if you can't see it on tour or Mm -hmm. all over the world if you can't get to the country to see it and I and it's a lot more affordable. Like so affordable. I, pe- people come to the Kennedy Center all the time. Like Book of Mormon came to the Kennedy Center, and I'd love to see that, but they were charging like ninety nine dollars. Yeah, and I just I'd much rather go to the movies and mm-hmm. watch a National Theater Live for it's like twenty bucks. You yeah, know, and I get to eat popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> and there's I really think you're going to see a shift now because. The reason they're doing them on TV, and this is not the first time they've done this. Like, Julie Andrews was in one called The Boyfriend decades ago that was made for TV and stuff. And I think they did, um, there was a couple in the 90s where uh, Matthew Broderick was in them. And they were, like, they did Annie for TV. They did The Music Man for TV and uh, Once Upon a Mattress, you know. So there's all, it's not the first time they've been doing this. But I think we're going to see a lot more of them. Because people are realizing that there's so many people that would love to sit down and watch a musical. Right. But they just can't. Yeah, it's interesting the choices that they've made for the live musicals on TV in the past year. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you could also put together, you could just film Wicked on Broadway. And people would love to see that. And you don't have to pay for big sets or whatever. Just bring some cameras in. Yeah. And, you know, direct it appropriately. You already have all the star. Like, everything's all set. <laughs> you know, you don't need weeks of rehearsal. It's just, like, go film a Broadway show, put it on TV mm. one day. It's, you know. I, I do have to say, it is hard with shows that are already super successful because the rights management is a whole different issue. Like, doing something that is currently on Broadway and everything, like, the, getting the rights to those shows to air them nationally live is like a, the biggest hurdle in the world. So I understand Jeez. why things like that are not being aired on national TV. But at the same time, it's doable because HBO filmed uh, Audra McDonald's one-woman show from last year, which she won the Tony for. It's called Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, where she <laughs> plays Billie Holiday. They filmed that last year. It's now off-Broadway. It's been done for a while. And they're, it's coming onto HBO in March. So you can see that whenever you want. Right. And... 
So people, you know, that, that was one of the smallest theaters on Broadway and very few people got to see her Tony winning performance. Mm-hmm. And so now, even though it's a year later, people will finally be able to see that and say, oh my God, she totally did deserve that Tony because she's fantastic. Right. And so I think the boundaries are sort of moving a little bit like, and there's also going to be a mix of things because earlier this year, there was an off-Broadway show that was the first ever live-streamed off-Broadway New York show, mm-hmm. which I watched here, and it was so good. Like, the the quality of the streaming was the same thing you'd see, you know, when they live-stream stuff on YouTube, like your soccer games or yeah. the president speaking. It's not hard. You just have to buy the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. But just to give... If you have the the thought beforehand, like going into the process, saying, we should film this, people want to see it, like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> make a little room in the budget for it, because I think, you know, people make back that money tenfold. They must. Mm-hmm. They must. Especially if it, even, it doesn't have to even be, like, live streamed. Like, I think about Julie's dance performances and how they film them at you know they have like this last time they had a special day where it wasn't even a performance because they had to light it differently yeah, to film exactly. it to yeah. have to have a recording of it and the only thing that's going to happen to that recording is that you know maybe you can buy a dvd or something and, and maybe the dancers have it for their dance reel mm. but they, they don't really do anything to to, to put that out there, to, you know, if they just put it online and said, if you pay three ninety nine or whatever on Vimeo, you can watch this and or something like that, you know. The, and then people who couldn't make it, you know, like my parents and stuff like that, they would, they would love to see that. Yeah, I do think we are living in a different time. And soon enough, we will see that, you know, all of these different types of arts will follow. So you have mm-hmm. to. You can't rely yeah. on people coming and seeing it in person anymore. Yeah, and it's just, it's not as, it's not that local anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, like Broadway. Like, I just, <laughs> I live a few hours from there, and I'm not going to go. <laughs> yeah. It's too expensive. I know. You know? Um, I just want to circle back to Greece for a second and mention Boys to Men. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> as Teen Angel, because we didn't okay, mention so- them. It starts with Jesse J yes. singing, and in the middle has <laughs> Beauty School Dropout sung by Boys to Men. I, and literally, they started singing, and I was like, Is that Boys to Men? <laughs> and then I looked it up, and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it is. I love Boys to Men so much, and I knew going in that it was going to be them, and I was just so excited. And they delivered they're amazing i i i don't think there was with the exception of maybe mario lopez there was nobody in that cast that i was just like eh you know i think everybody was very well suited to their roles like joe jonas did a great was that him (laughs) oh my god i thought it was and i was like that looks a lot like joe jonas (laughs) i just have a feeling now like after seeing the celebrities that they get a lot and the random ones too like anna gasteyer Mm -hmm. like She's been in musicals before. She's yeah. in a great musical called Reefer Madness, I would recommend. Okay. <laughs> but seeing, like, Boys to Men and, you know, like, all these random celebrities go on there, now it's going to be this thing where it's like, well, I gotta be, I gotta do one of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta be on one of these musicals, these, these celebrities. Yeah. So, I think, well, who knows what's going to happen next. You so know, how many cameos we're going to have. So I mean, this rocket. time we had <laughs> Kiki Palmer, Carly Rae Jepsen, uh-huh. uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know who that the guy was. Aaron Tveit. He's a Broadway Any guy. Of the guys. He's great. Julian but Huff. Julian Huff, right? Yeah, she's great. She, I mean, she's a great dancer, obviously, but she was a great the dancer. Dancing was so good. The, it was the guy. It was the the choreographer from Glee. Was it? Yeah. Wait, what's his name? Zach Woodley. Okay, because the director was the director of Hamilton. Oh wow. Thomas Kale. Well, it was just a great, I think it was just amazing production that they organized. Yeah. You know, the idea that they had so many massive sets and that they were all coordinated so that they, you know, had to take a little car to get to their next <laughs> scene or whatever. And it was just so, and I love the little behind the scenes they bits were great, that yeah. they had where 
there like feel like the Wiz only had like one or two of those where I was like some of the choreography that we practiced. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. this one was like this was a huge production. <laughs> like this took weeks and weeks to do. Yeah. And yeah. it showed, it showed that there was a lot of uh, attention and detail. And I think my favorite bit was Jeannie from Ellen. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Tell me, how did she do? I didn't see her. Okay. So she had like maybe one line and I feel like someone talked over her. So I don't even know what the line was. No. But she was playing Mario Lopez's assistant and oh. she was like trying to put makeup on him or something. And then she made, like, a face into the camera. And then, but when everyone was taking their bows at the end, she Uh had her own, like, she didn't stand with anyone else. She went up there, and she was like, hi, Ellen. (laughs) And, like, walked (laughs) off. It was amazing. But, like, Ellen, okay, the story of Jeannie, I just need everyone to learn this story because it's so crazy. And I love it so much. And this is why I love Ellen so much. So Jeannie was a woman who who, like, applied or entered every single contest that Ellen ever had Mm -hmm. for years. And then one day, and so Ellen sees that this one woman has never won a contest, but she's entered every (laughs) one of them. So she decides to call her up because, you know, Ellen does that from time to time. She just calls random people. She calls her up and she's like, just want to let you know that you haven't won anything. <laughs> and she just starts talking with her and she seems pretty friendly. So she goes, what do you need? And she goes, well, I really need a job. <laughs> and so Ellen, a few weeks later, works it out so that she hires her as a receptionist, moves yes. her out to L.A., works for Ellen. And then she loves her so much that she decides, I'm going to use her as like the person I send out to like go tell people that they've won prizes and stuff. And so she's going to go like hug people when they're happy. And so she goes and does that. She sends her to the red carpet. She sends her to do all this stuff. And then she brings her on the show and she's like, yeah, so I got you a role in Grease Live because you're a really good singer. And I think this will be fun, right? You like Grease. (laughs) Can you imagine that Ellen DeGeneres calls you one day and and just gives you a job changes your whole life, mm-hmm. and then even after that is still like, let me help you out some more. Yep. That's amazing. Oh, She's my just God. such a wonderful, wonderful person. I'm so glad that that went really well for her because yeah. I remember you told me that before and I was like, that's the cutest. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I do have to say I was on, just as like a last thing, I was on Facebook after Grease aired, and I have a Facebook friend who's an actor, like a very big actor in Philadelphia, and he had a post that was sort of blowing up because he said, like, he was calling out other actors who were being very aggressive online to the people in Greece, you know, saying, like, they're not good enough, or I could have done better, stuff like that, and really, really just, like, disparaging all these people that worked really hard on this production, sort of picking it apart. And his sort of thing was, you have... If you're doing that, you have no idea how meaningful this is to those actors. Yeah. Because the fact that their family all across the U.S. can turn on the television and see them acting mm-hmm. is something that not a lot of people get the chance to do. And so he was sort of saying this thing of just, like, be mindful that all of these people worked so hard. Like, more so than in television stuff where you get to edit and you know, clip Mm -hmm. and make sure everything's perfect. Like, these people put in a solid performance on the one chance they had to do it. Mm -hmm. And I I read that before I watched the show, and as I was watching the bows, and everybody was going up, almost every single person waved at the camera and said, said, like, hi, "Hi, mom. Mom." And Mm -hmm. I was almost in tears, because I was just (laughs) like, all of their families are watching them! And it was so beautiful, and I was just like... It made my heart grow three sizes that day because uh-huh. <laughs> it was exactly what I think theater should do, which is just, like, make people feel good and bring people together and start a conversation. And I'm just very happy I watched it and that other people did, too. So Yeah. Oh, it was a little long, though. <laughs> it was a little long. They could have cut a lot was... of the dialogue. <laughs> um, the, yeah. la- the next NBC musical is going to be Hairspray, FYI. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, hmm. very similar story, but... Still did. Yeah. And th- th- I really like that movie. Me too. Oh, God. Zach Efron. Yeah. <gasps> I hope what? they take a, they, uh, take a note from Fox and, like, because The Wiz, you could, like, if that 
that could have been pre-taped and there would have been no difference mm. between it. Whereas Grease felt like live the whole time. Yeah. And it and it, you felt how cool it was that that was live and you were constantly reminded that like they didn't have another take. This wasn't pre-recorded. This was happening right then. Mm-hmm. You know. So I hope NBC takes a page from their book and, and doesn't just do it to to non-audience. Yeah, they definitely should. If they don't, they're silly. And yeah. soon enough Fox will surpass them because mm-hmm. I know I know Fox is learning from it. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. Do you have uh, any recommendations for me this week? I have two. <gasps> what? Too much. Well, it's like one and a half. <laughs> okay. Because what the first one is just a renewal of a recommendation. I already told you via text, but I need to tell the audience how because it's just so delightful. So about a year ago, I recommended to the audience, Wind Calls the Heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was based off seeing two episodes. And then I never watched, I didn't watch any more episodes until this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I sat down and watched all of them. Mm-hmm. So now I'm completely caught up on Wind Calls the Heart, a Hallmark Channel original series. Oh my It's like a Canadian production. <laughs> Where it's, like, this coal mining town, and, like, I'm going to assume Alberta, and, like, it's just, it's so (laughs) (laughs) family-friendly. It's, like, if you liked the the light drama of Downton Abbey, like, if you really enjoyed how how low stakes Downton Abbey was, and, Mm -hmm. like, the cute little romances and stuff, but wished all of the characters were likable... Mm-hmm. Um, then this show is for you. That sounds like it is for me. Yeah. And if you wanted it to be on the frontier, actually around the same time as when Downton Abbey starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on the Canadian frontier and the clothing, honestly, there's so much of it that's like, if that guy chopping wood in the show was walking through Brooklyn wearing the same outfit, you would not be able to tell he was in costume. But (laughs) (laughs) I love the clothes of the show. But it's just so, it's so delightful. And every single person on that show has this, like a smile that lights, it's just like the most joyous, like beautiful smile you've Mm. ever seen that just makes you smile. And it's just delightful and ridiculous. And I love it. And I think everyone will love it. I will definitely look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your one and a half? Did you have another half? No, the other one was Chelsea Does. Oh, which I already watched. You recommended to me. Mm-hmm. And I recommended... No, I guess Julie watched it. Like, I feel like the three of us just all were watching it at the same time, and we're all like, oh my god, have you seen this show? Yeah. Um, so Chelsea Does came out on Netflix, and it's a documentary... Um, with Chelsea series. Handler yeah. series, yeah. where she just goes and tackles some issues, and it's amazing. The racism one is so good. It's really good, and it was really interesting going online and looking up reviews of the show, which I don't mm-hmm. recommend. Because, but, they, but it was interesting in the sense that every person had a different take on it. Like, yeah. one reviewer was like, the racism was a total whiff. Like, what a mistake. Whoa. So bad. The next one was like, the racism one was the best one of them all. That's it was I so thought, good, yeah. which is what I thought. Yeah. And that it was just like so many interesting mixed reviews, but they all had like these strong opinions. And it sometimes it just feels like you can't just like something anymore mm-hmm. as a as a reviewer. It's like, well, let me think of something I didn't like and like blow it up. Yeah. You know. And so I just think this is just this is just good. Like mm. she's she had an opinion, and but she also, she made some, like, really great points. But then she also, like, in the marriage episode where she's talking with that woman who runs the chapel. Uh-huh. And the, like, bizarre sort of turn of the conversation and, like, how yeah. they, they kept that in there. And, like, all the, like, the little interactions that sort of kept going and were so odd. And how she... You, you could only sort of tell that she was, like, looking at the camera like, what the fuck? <laughs> but she was such so good at just, like, being like, uh-huh, okay, yeah. And she, she would just, like, really allow good, yeah. people to say crazy shit at her. And she'd be like, okay, sure. And then she'd get in the car and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that documentary style. Like, I kind of want all reporters to do that now. Like, yeah. I'm going to go talk to this really racist guy. Like, 
hear him out, and then I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to be like, I can't believe people like that still exist, you yeah. know? <laughs> I wish Anderson Cooper did documentaries like that, because uh-huh. I'm picturing that now, and it would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, my recommendation for you is a book, obviously, because I have been re- re-watching Avatar and Korra. Oh, it's literally called that! Oh my god. <laughs> this, I was t- texting you about Oh my god, this it's cover photo Notorious is so good. RBG. It is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's the Can you just times. describe the cover? The cover, <laughs> the cover is a little print of Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself wearing her, uh, one of her jabots, which is the little <laughs> collars that she wears, and she has a golden crown sort of askew on the top of her head because she is the Notorious RBG. And I love it. I texted you last night after getting one page in saying <laughs> I already am in love with this woman because I am, but I will let you figure out all the reasons you should love her when you read this, but it's amazing. The history of her life is like unbelievable and it just Smith has already been name checked once and I'm I'm only 50 pages in like Wait, did she go to Smith? She did not go to Smith, but oh, she okay. had um, I was like we would have she had a coworker that went to Smith and it it's just like I 1000% one, 1, want to recommend this to every woman in America because <laughs> I had there I I'm barely in it and I already yeah. know so much more about like yeah. what it is to be a Supreme Court judge and her and Sandra Day O'Connor and stuff and it's just would recommend to anybody it's amazing. that sounds awesome because yeah. like I've seen interviews with her where people are like what do you think about Notorious RPG and she's like I love it she does love it. She's yeah. like, oh my god. She's like, I'm into it. There's and she's a... so sassy. And yeah, I'm I'm totally in. That she's sounds amazing. so I'd sassy. Like I just want to give you a little preview, which is, so there's a timeline in here, in this section of the book, and towards the end of the timeline, there's the picture of her at the, um, the State of the Union in 2015, when she fell, no, no, in 20, yeah, 2015, when she fell asleep. Oh, yeah. She's just sort of <laughs> sleeping there and looking at the judges. <laughs> and the quote they have from her is, RBG admits she was not 100% sober at the State of the Union. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. So, So yeah. I will send this along to you once I am done so you can read it yourself. Uh, Okay, great. Mm -hmm. I'm into it. I'm so excited. (sighs) Does Zach have a uh, business proposal? No, no, he doesn't. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we used them all up and. Wow. He's gonna get on that. Well, Zach, we're putting out our plea. Yeah. Send us half a dozen more. (laughs) At least. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Yeah, because if you're gonna bother leaving one, leave five, six, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just put on on that thinking cap and start checking out those jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so So weird to end without a joke. Yeah, gosh, I wish we had like a snappy snappy cool or maybe like could we have like a preview for what 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 do you think our next topic is gonna be Ooh, what will our next topic be well the super bowl will have happened so maybe it'll be about the super bowl and beyonce and lady gaga okay yeah i was like beyonce is the no it's Coldplay, but because everybody was sort of so upset about that he's bringing in (laughs) everybody that did the last five super bowls as well so it's beyonce and bruno mars and lady gaga is doing the national anthem is Katy Perry there? No, she's the oh. one that's not. Okay. But huh? Wait, who's doing the na- <laughs> Bruno Mars is doing the national anthem? No, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Which I love that when she went into acting, she was like, "No, I'm gonna stay Lady Gaga. I'm not gonna <laughs> go back to Stephanie." <laughs> yeah. No. I just love it because it means when she wins awards, they gotta say Lady Gaga, <laughs> like she did already. She won yeah. the. Uh, Golden Globe Golden or whatever. Globe. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. What I was referring to. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's just stop while we're ahead. <laughs> oh, more like while we're behind. Oh, boy. <laughs>